What's up, everyone? Welcome to a new live streaming um, here in Natural Languages. And yeah, as usual, we're going to talk about language acquisition, about different ideas, resources to help you learn a language the right way and the fun way. And today, we have a very interesting guest because she's um, she started to create videos to teach German with video games, you know. And uh, well, in, in in case you you don't know about her channel, I'll leave all the I'll leave all the links to her channel and whatever she wants me to to link to. And but yeah, we're we're gonna find out a little bit about her background, how she got into language teaching this way. And uh, yeah. So here's Francisco. Hi, Francisco. Nice to see you here. Hi, Maddie. Today we're, we're going to talk in your native language, right? It's going to be a little bit different. <laughs> like, of course, I, I'm doing most of my live streamings in, in Spanish, but I'll, I'll do some in English here and there. And like I said, today we have a very interesting guest. And yeah, so, you know, and the, the, the interesting part is we're, we're, we're going to be talking to an avatar. No, just kidding. <laughs> You'll see what I mean. <laughs> but yeah, so I'll, I'll introduce Monday to today's live stream. Here she is. Hi, Monday. Hi. And... Um, yeah, well, welcome, welcome to the channel. First of all, it's it's a pleasure to have you on. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm excited to talk to you. Awesome. And well, as I told you before the video, I'm I'm gonna ask you about your your experience with languages. You know, with your native German, with English, uh, how you got into comprehensible input. Why did you decide to start a channel in which you teach German with um, video games? how that's going so far and things like that. And yeah, so let's just wait one, two minutes for everyone to get in. And yeah, how's, how's everyone doing? Francisco, Madi, it's all good. Um, yeah. And yeah, I think we, we can actually get started with your a little bit of your background, Monday. Yeah. If you can tell us about your background with languages, like have you always loved languages? What your initial experiences with it? You know, whatever comes to your mind that you think might be useful. Yeah. So I've actually not too much experience with language learning. I've had, of course, my native language um, German. Mm -hmm. And then I've learned English mostly in school, but it was always one. And I've had Latin in school, but I don't really count that too much. Um, and I've always had those subjects as my worst languages. Uh, language were my worst subjects. Okay. Um, I left language as a medium to gain access to the internet, mm -hmm. but I hated language classes and I hated learning vocabulary. So I always had bad grades with English and no matter if I um, had um, a lot of if I put in a lot of work for um, papers or mm -hmm. little work and procrastinated I always get, got the same grades so hmm. in the 
second to last grade, I gave up and focused on comprehensible input mm. um, instinctively. I just focused on reading and watching YouTube in English. And suddenly my grades improved from the third <laughs> worst grade to the f best grade. So mm. surprise, right? <laughs> surprise. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not. I was gonna say I'm not. I'm not surprised you hated it. Like, <laughs> no, it's kind of an old concept: the language learning in school. Right, right. So, so yeah, then I. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, then I found out about comprehensible input. So mm. um, I actually started researching it because I wanted to learn another language, and I'm currently in the process of learning another language with comprehensible input. Nice. And that's how I got into the concept of comprehensible input hmm. yeah what's the language learning if i may ask i am trying to learn japanese nice. and i'm not good at speaking yet but i can kind of understand 50 hmm. percent of um of language content for native speakers so i can at least follow along or get like Mm, there's some noise in the subtitle that feels off. Okay. So I'm at that level. So I'm not fluent in a language completely through comprehensible sure. input yet, but right. I've started. <laughs> yeah, but that's, I mean, you can understand 50% of <clears throat> native content, you said, like content for native speaker. Yeah, for example, anime or podcasts in Japanese that mm. are not aimed at language learners. Um, right. yeah, and I can, I, I can follow along if I know what it's about, like mm -hmm. I listen to podcasts about anime mm -hmm. uh, on Spotify when I have watched the anime already and then I can follow along. So I'm making it as comprehensible for me as possible. Nice, nice. That's that's really interesting because we'll get back to Japanese. Yeah. I have <laughs> a lot of questions, I'm sure, for, for from our listeners as well. Because um, that's that's an interesting language. So you, you thought to yourself, I'm just going to start with something easy, right? No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. One second before we go on. Oh, Maddy is saying that I'm off to Madrid soon, Alvaro City break. Nice. Excited but nervous to use my Spanish. Awesome. Awesome. Because, yeah, Maddy's from Ireland, but mm -hmm. she's learning Spanish. <clears throat> And she's really good because she's she's always attending my live streamings in Spanish, mm -hmm. right? And she understands everything, so it's fun. And we have Francisco here. Do you understand in Spanish? Uh, no. no? Okay. I want to learn it one day, but not yet. <laughs> so he's saying that he also likes anime. Mm -hmm. A good good way or with yeah, good resource to learn Japanese. Yeah, it is, yeah. but it's depending on. I feel like it's uh, depending on how you use it to learn the language. Mm -hmm. um, but um, slowly over time, you get better and better. Right. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, it's something that you really enjoy. Right. So that's why um, th that, that's always going to be a plus. Right. If, if you're watching, reading something that you actually enjoy, you know, that, that's what I do for a living, <laughs> to be honest. And that's why exactly. I love that's why I love the process so much, right? Okay. So, yeah, we're going to stick to Japanese because I think it's it's interesting for a lot of people. So, um, so we have a question. What animes um, did you start watching to learn Japanese? Or what, what were the first 
animes that you with? The first anime I really started watching was Fairy Tale, but that was when I was in seventh grade, and I wasn't watching it on purpose to learn Japanese. I just you was just like well. You'd pick up like um, suddenly over time. It was at first. It was just getting used to the sound of the language because it just sounds so different from English and、mm. German. Right.、Um, I recently started getting more into like watching anime without subtitles、um, to、okay. try to learn to get better. And I'm using One Piece for that actually,、um, which is an anime that both. Children and adults can enjoy. Okay. So,、um, I feel like there's often a. It, it doesn't use too high、um, of a language.、Um, it doesn't use too complicated words. Well, there are always theme-specific words, but、um, okay. I feel like it's、mm. more friendly, and it has. Once you get into it,、um, it has like thousands of episodes. So.、Oh. And that that that's the one you mentioned at the beginning, or what? what no, it's what it's a different one. Fairy Tale is one. It's the one that got me into anime.、Okay. I've watched a lot of different ones over time, and One Piece is one I started to.、Um, what it just、um, it's written one piece like one thing one piece,、um, and it's about pirates, and it's kind of aimed at children, but it's not too. Childish. If you're into anime, if you're not into anime, it's childish. But、okay. um, yeah. And what what what's what's the name? One Piece.、Um, oh, One Piece. Okay. Yeah. I'll just write it down. It's、yeah. a really famous one that I've started. And other than that, I would say animes on Netflix because you can、mm. use Japanese subtitles、um, for them, so you can get some kind of reading into it as well. Okay, so I have a lot of questions on that. On that. <laughs> <laughs> One second. Well, Maddy, nice to meet you. Nice to meet your new guest. Sorry, I didn't catch her name. It's Monday. I'm Monday. I'm calling myself Monday. <laughs> like, like today. That's that's the avatar she uses in her channel, right?、Am、yeah,、right? that's that's my.、Um, it's a VTuber model. It's called yeah, VTuber model. Perfect. Hello, Adrian. Nice, nice to see you again. How's how's everything going in Argentina? Have people from all over the world. <laughs> <laughs> It's a good thing with language learning. You get to meet so many people from all over the place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here, Francisco is saying that I would start with Doraemon because it's easier.、Mm, yeah, yeah. It's also <laughs> kind of aimed at children. Right. So everything aimed at children it always has.、Uh, Easier language.、Mm -hmm. Awesome. And by the way, he's saying. By the way, she's got a pretty good taste for animes. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just the big ones that I've mentioned. So. Okay. Okay. All, all good in that. All good in that. Smaller that I've watched also. Okay. Okay. Perfect. I'm glad you're doing great in Argentina, Adrian. Nice to see you as usual. So let's、um, let's start with some questions about Japanese because I, I have a lot of them myself. <laughs> I'm sure people in the chat as well.、Um, so the first time you started watching anime in Japanese, you you didn't know anything. 
from a Japanese, I guess, right? No, not really. I had some access to Japanese culture before because um, there was a Japanese person married into my family. So okay. as a child, uh, at least I got introduced to food of the Japanese culture and learning how to use chopsticks. Um, so the Japanese culture itself wasn't too far off for me. But when I first started watching anime, it really was just someone introduced me to the world and was like, yeah, you have to read subtitles. But that's also a way I got better at English because I had to read English subtitles fast. Okay. <laughs> so, um, no, I didn't know anything about Japanese at the time. And I wasn't yeah. actually trying to learn Japanese at the time either. Yeah. It came through anime that I got interested in learning Japanese, how it is with a lot of people. But then the other reason is to talk to Japanese in the per with the person um, who married into my family. Um, mm -hmm. Because human connection is always more important than watching videos. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Nice, nice. Oh yeah, Francisco saying. By the way, I'm I'm understanding her. I'm understanding almost everything she's saying. And she's really uh, he's really happy, Francisco, because he's he's Spanish, but he's learning mm -hmm. English, and he's really happy. Ah. He can understand what you're saying. Awesome. That's good. It's always good. Awesome. So right. <clears throat> yeah, I want to ask you about the characters, but you asked you answer that because. You were talking about reading before, but I was mm -hmm. wondering, but how did you understand anything at the beginning? But so you use English subtitles first. Yeah, right. At first, I was um, at first I was really just um, watching it as a form of entertainment, and I just read the subtitles and did not really care about it that much. But okay. um, subconsciously, I got used to how the language sounds which I feel like, especially if it's such far off from your own language, I don't think I would have to do that with Spanish um, or Italian because if it's rather close. Mm -hmm. um, I would get a feel how where one word ends and another word starts um, directly. But with Japanese, I didn't have that. And I think just going into it, just enjoying the content helped me to just get my ears used to it as weird as it sounds. Okay, right, right. So you yeah, you were basically understanding the story because of the English subtitles, obviously. Mm -hmm. But you kind of got used to how, how it sounds and so on. Okay, awesome. Um, yeah, Adrian says this image is very beautiful. <laughs> Thank <laughs> <That's> you. <laughs> and how long did you do that for? Like, how long did you watch anime with English subtitles? Mm, I still do watch anime with English subtitles when yeah. I'm not um, trying to use it to learn a language mm -hmm. um, because I just still enjoy it. Um, right. And so it's been... Mm, let me do the math. <laughs> uh, uh, eight years, I think, years. that I've... Yeah. Um, since I started um, watching anime so mm -hmm. and like in the recent years I'm getting on and off into um, into actually using them for um, language learning because 
I don't think you can pick up a language if you don't actively try to pick up a language. Um, like mm -hmm. with children, they get taught the language from their parents. But as an adult, if I just consume it with English subtitles, I'm not actively yeah. trying to understand it. And then mm. I won't pick it up. So right. um, that's why I don't speak it just because I've been exposed to it for eight years now. Mm. Um, doesn't mean I'm um, just fluent from hearing it because I right. feel like you need to put an effort and I'm having putting in this effort um, on and off sometimes because I've been busy with stuff, but I'm yeah, always trying to use it. Awesome. So, um, but do you remember, I mean, if, if at all, when you started watching it without English subtitles or uh, I can't say when I made the conscious decision to just try. At, at one point, I was trying already to get into learning Japanese. I learned the characters, the hiragana and kat uh, Japanese has three systems, the kanji, hiragana, and katakana. Mm -hmm. Hiragana and katakana are more like an alphabet, and kanji are like the Chinese um, characters. You have to learn every, one, every single one. And I've learned the alphabets rather early and then um, at some point it was just like oh I understood this one sentence while I looked away from the monitor and then from that point it evolved on but like the um, covering the subtitles probably in the last two or three years was when I tried to do it the first time mm -hmm. but then I got busy with stuff and then I stopped again and now I'm starting again. Sure. Also. Mm -hmm. And yeah, let me just say hello to Jerry. Hi, Alvaro. Sorry, I haven't been attending these sessions, but I have a conflict. Here. I have a Skype call at this time with a language partner in El Salvador each Monday. No worries, Jerry. I'm happy to see you again here. And yeah, whenever you're able to attend, I'll be more than happy to, to have you here and answer your questions. But all the videos stay in, in YouTube. If you want to watch them afterwards, no problem. Uh, and how do you go about learning the alphabet? Um, I actually use mnemonics. Um, okay. I look up how they, uh, like there are um, transcriptions, like how they would be written in, um, in Roman letters. Um, but they're not as accurate as they could be, so you should try to learn the alphabet. Um, um, you should try to learn the alphabet really quickly. And um, I actually try to make images in my head and to um, make it easier. For example, um, one is ma uh, in katakana, and it looks like someone is put. To me, it looks like someone is putting their arm in the, into the hips and it looks like mom uh, which is mama in in german and and so like she's putting her arm in her hips and so um i've making i'm making these images for geese but now i don't need them anymore but like okay. that's how i go about that so you you have the kanji a japanese character and you try to come up with an image, a, yeah, with an image that associates with it, so you remember. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, that's how I did it at that time. And I feel like it's better than just brute forcing it. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Any help you can get. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I'm sorry. What languages do you teach? Yeah, like, um, um, so she's, we're talking about Japanese because she's learning Japanese. We're just talking about it. But um, she just started a YouTube channel in which she teaches German, her native language with through video games adrian yeah. yeah and we'll get to german in a moment but i think japanese yeah. is super interesting and jerry says japanese is considered the fastest language which i think is part of the difficulty yeah that's probably why it took me a really long time to really separate the words um mm. from each other in my head and well now i'm able to follow along with what they're saying as each individual word and okay. it's not one big blob of language <laughs> yeah right, right right so basically to sort of sum it all up you started watching anime with english subtitles just for the mm -hmm. sake of watching anime because you yep. enjoy it right then a few a few years went by and you started to get um, interested in japanese culture and the language because of it and at some point you started removing the subtitle well first le learning the alphabet mm -hmm. the, the way you just described yeah and then little by little you started removing the english subtitles because you could already understand the um, just the japanese part right yeah what i also often do is um if i i'm really interested in the story of an anime because if you don't speak the language completely yet um you often um you often can catch everything um, if you watch it for the first time. So I'm often just watching an anime with English subtitles first and then watching it a second time without the subtitles because then mm -hmm. I already know what's being said mm -hmm. and um, then it helps me and I'm still enjoying the, um, the content without feeling like I'm missing out on something. Mm -hmm. So... That's what I'm currently doing or using for Japanese, but I'm also doing other stuff like doing Link You. Um, you mm. probably know about that. Um, I'm guessing because you're in the comprehensive language space. Um, so I'm also doing that and using this or um, using Link You on language uh, on Japanese songs to okay. just um, have other comprehensible input. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's uh, Steve Kaufman's platform, right? Mm -hmm. But so, how how do you use it, or how 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 do you go about that for for people who are listening? Like, do you um, um sorry, like you use songs that are on the platform and you create your own content? How, how does it work? Um, I for Japanese, I've started with um their the Japanese content that's on there because they have like a basic course, and I've just went through that to just get some basics in and that helped me with um helped me with understanding and understanding the animes better um and because always if you learn a word you can just hear it more often in um in a sentence mm -hmm. and then i'm importing song lyrics myself from songs that, like they have this input tool so you can just go on Google and find the song mm -hmm. lyrics if you don't um, 
get the course to all the people and you're just doing it for yourself. You don't have to, the problem with copyright and I'm just importing songs that I like or if I have a website that I'm seeing in Japanese that I'm interested in the contents, like technically it's meant for that. I feel like the um, platform, but it's not like I do it every day, but mm -hmm. like I'm doing more anime stuff, but then I'm using it to, I'm just using both things to supp uh, supplement each other, mm. and yeah. And when when you take the um, the lyrics of a sound, for example, into the platform, mm -hmm. what, what what do you get there? Like the translation or what? what? Uh, the platform works. Um, you have the Japanese text in there, okay. and then you can go through the text word by word. Um, they have. Um, all the new words you haven't seen before in this app that are okay. they are blue and you click on them and then you find out what they mean and you try to read through it um yeah. and yeah so basically you use it as a translator but that doesn't give you the complete translation mm. and as and, soon as you mm -hmm. pardon yeah, yeah. Sorry. and do you get when you when you click on words that you haven't encountered before do you do you get the English translation or, or or do you get an explanation in Japanese of what it means? Um, you, I think you could probably get a Japanese dictionary in. You can actually customize it. Mm. Um, but the standard is, I think, if you have the app in English, you get the English, um, right. the English word in there. But um, I feel like I try to only use it for words that I actually don't know. So... It's meant to be only maximum 30% of the text. And mm. if you already can guess the word from the context, you don't really need it. Um, right, right. Yeah. So you can just put in your, you can also just put in your own definition. So you don't need to use their automatic tools. You can just also look it up in a Japanese dictionary and do it in, uh, put a definition in yourself. It's really customizable. Yeah. Right, way. yeah, that's what I was thinking of. Like, probably because I, I personally, what if possible, I try to stay in the target language if it's comprehensible, yeah. of course. So, you know, if we're talking about a pen, instead of just you don't know what it means, instead of instead of getting the English word pen, you yeah. get an explanation in Japanese, an object that you use to write down things in a paper, things like that, you know, yeah. So you understand what it means through the Japanese explanation as opposed to the little of just the translation into a language that you already know. Right? Yeah. Awesome. So, Adrian, many people think Japanese, Chinese, and other Asian languages are very difficult. What do you think of this? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, um, I do think that they are difficult to learn as a um, German and English speaker. I would say that I probably could pick up Spanish faster than I pick up Japanese, but that does not mean that it's less worth to learn the language because um, mm. if I, I already have my basis in Europe, I could learn um, European languages, especially since I had Latin in school, even though I was not that good at I. Mm -hmm. If I read um, if I read Spanish, I can kind of guess the meaning. Or if I read Italian, I can't understand it if it's spoken. But if I'm if I'm reading it, I can kind of guess it. And that's mm -hmm. not the case with Japanese. 
But if I start with Japanese and I'm at some point fluent in Japanese, I can maybe guess some things in Chinese. So, um, or the Korean grammar is said to be really similar to the Japanese grammar, um, which is not necessarily like you don't right. have to learn grammar to understand language um, directly, but like awesome. you still have to learn the grammar in some way. And if you already understand how it works, um, for example, with Japanese, it's particles that you put behind words to uh, mm. define the up how they work in the sentence. And Korean has the same thing. So you are already familiar with the concept. And I feel like I'm just getting my leg into another area of languages if I start with one. So right. yeah, I think they're not easy for a European person or mm. someone with the basis in European languages. But that's, I'm not put off by that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're just from a different family of languages, right? Because yeah. uh, I always talk about the fact that I don't think there's easier or harder languages themselves. It's yeah. obviously, it's for me as Spanish speaking, as Spanish native speaker, Italian, Portuguese, French are easier. Or uh, then, you know, you can talk about the second family like English, German, so on. Obviously, yeah. Asian is 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 way farther from from my language than all those languages. So it's always yeah. going to take you more time. But it doesn't mean that the language is more difficult itself, right? Exactly. And, yeah. German but, is said to be a really difficult language as well, but I speak it just fine because it's my native language. Yeah. So for me, it's an easy language. Yeah, you didn't have any issues with it, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, awesome. And yeah, thank you for your answer, says Adrian. Perfect. You're welcome. Exactly. Yeah, I was going to say that for, for someone... With bad grades in English, you sound pretty well. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've been having, I had my first uh, English lesson when I was four years old. So um, I kind of grew up bilingual, but my parents did not speak English to me. So I, I just had mm. school lessons, but I've grew up with it. And my parents were always, always like, yeah, but we want to watch the uh, movie in English because the voices are just better. So we put in, at first we put in German subtitles, then English subtitles, and then we started watching it without subtitles. So I was always around English. Mm, right. Yeah, again, that's, you probably had it English in school because it, it just wasn't fun. You were just memorizing things, doing grammar exercises, which most people you know, hate. If not, if not everyone. <laughs> there, there was one exercise that I hated the most, and it was when we had a new chapter and a new text. Our teacher wanted us to find the new words. I could mm -hmm. not find the new words because I was familiar with half of them from outside sources. I did not only know knew the words that I've learned in school, technically. Right, right. Yeah, it's such an artificial way of going about. Language, le language learning is just, and yeah, anyway, um, Francisco, let me translate. So how many hours for a German or Spanish person do you think it could take us to learn Japanese from scratch? 
um, to get to a fluent, um, to get to be fluent, or how much time, how many hours did it take you, approximately? Uh, <laughs> um, I actually don't know, and I, mm, it all. I feel like it depends on a lot of factors. It mm -hmm. depends on how you define fluency. For me, um, I think language is a tool to com for communication. And if I can make myself um, understood by a Japanese person, um, that's good enough for me. Mm -hmm, like, mm -hmm. yes, I want to aim to speak properly. But for now, if I can write my um, Japanese family member an email, in Japanese and they understand what I mean, it's good enough for me. And then mm. also, so it depends on what you want to reach. If you want to actually write, you have to put in a lot of hours to memorize how to write the um, kanji because you have to memorize which stroke order they have, like in which um, order you have to make each line and stuff. Um, if you want to just type, it may be quicker. Um, and also, if you're doing it like me, like doing it um, intensively for a few months and then getting uh, caught up with uh, schoolwork or other stuff mm -hmm. and then stop doing it intensively for a few months, then you forget some things, but you still have a baseline. You can start from a higher point than you were before. Right. So it depends on how you learn and what you want to reach. Mm -hmm. So I cannot give a definite answer to that. But, Sorry. No, no worries, no worries. But yeah, but basically you've been, you said you, you started eight years ago, right? Well, Where? not, yeah, I started eight years ago being in Japanese immersion kind of, but right, not but, learning Japanese per se. Yeah. You, you started your first, I mean, your first contact with Japanese was eight years ago. About, but, yeah. yeah, like you said, you were watching anime with English subtitles for quite a mm -hmm. while until you decided to start with Japanese. And now you're at a point in which you can understand yeah. quite a lot, I'd say, but you don't, you can't communicate yet, right? Yeah, I don't feel like I would be able to actually um, speak with a person and have a normal conversation over text. I had a conversation about Goethe in, uh, on text. And I was really surprised at myself that I was able to have this conversation in Japanese. But um, yeah, um, yeah, I feel like it depends. And I think if I would just take two years and do two hours of Japanese every day, I could be a lot farther than I am right now. So mm -hmm. yeah. You mean like formal instruction or? Not necessarily formal instruction, but just having the discipline to sit down and actually getting the input. Okay. Like, if I um, yeah. watch Japanese just 20 minutes each night without sub uh, with subtitles, I'm not getting as much as if I'm doing 20 minutes of uh, Japanese um, anime without subtitle, trying to actually understand it, mm -hmm. then maybe doing some um, looking at some kanji and writing mnemonics for them, like drawing pictures or something. Like if I sit down and learn for two hours straight and it does not have to be formal instruction, but like mm -hmm. putting in active effort um, and not passive watching, um, 
then I think it could go faster. It does not need to be formal instruction. I don't think so. Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah, but that's uh, on the other side, that's, that's the um, amazing thing about comprehensible input as well is that you were talking about that conversation that you sort of surprise yourself that you could have that conversation, right? But it's it's what happens with comprehensible input. It just yeah. it's a subconscious process, right? So many times you're not even aware that the knowledge is there, but it is. Yeah. And exactly. Yeah. Awesome. So Marco says <laughs> questions without really a specific answer. <laughs> it could take me a century to learn Japanese. <laughs> 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 and uh, yeah yeah I mean I think we it's uh, how to put it into words like the, the way we look at languages in general like we, we, we've all had the same type of education when it comes to languages for the most yeah. part right so I perfectly remember like not just Japanese but just looking at English because my my experience was pretty similar to yours, except it's not that I hated it, but it wasn't, you know, it was just okay. Like, I didn't enjoy the process of, I mean, I yeah. hated that part, but I didn't have any hard feelings towards English itself, right? But yeah, I didn't I, enjoy the process. I just, yeah. I passed. I had passing grades, but that's it. And, yeah, just the thought of looking at someone who was, fluent in a foreign language was amazing. And, you know, just looking at someone who can speak a completely different language seemed impossible for me, right? So it's it's more about understanding that I keep talking about it all the time, like we cannot learn any language. Of course, it's going to seem more daunting if you're talking about Japanese as opposed to a more related language. But in the end, it all comes down to what languages you're interested in, Understanding the key principles, of course, because, you know, I've I've been able to acquire Polish and because I live in Poland. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you told me, I don't know, if you told me 15 years ago that I, I would be speaking Polish, you know, I would have laughed at you. <laughs> <laughs> so sometimes, you know, I understand what you mean, Marco, but I I, I do think it's possible. No. You always have to have an interest in the language, I think. If you yeah. if you have no interest in a language, um, then you probably won't acquire it even with comprehensible input. If you don't want to learn it, then you won't learn it. Right. But that's fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, yeah, I was going to say that, yeah, but fortunately now we have the internet and not just, you know. Traveling. Millions of resources, but... Um, you know, by the minute, there's more and more projects teaching languages with comprehensible input, just like yours with German, mm-hmm. that we'll get to in a second. So when it comes to Japanese, I think there's a couple of projects out there. I don't remember the names, you know, but you just look it up, like comprehensible input Japanese on Google, on YouTube, you'll find them. So someone who makes a conscious effort to make it more comprehensible for you, you can start with that. And, you know, if if the teacher or content creator is good enough, you can you can actually learn the language from scratch. Yeah. Actually, 
the, the the most important thing is to keep in mind that it takes it takes a while. You know, like yeah. learning the language takes a long time, way longer than most people think. But that's fine because you can actually learn the language by enjoying the process, right? That's another thing that I'm always talking about, right? So it's not that you're gonna suffer forever, like in school. Yeah. Right? <laughs> okay. I want to know now when learning an East Asian language and more important it's more important the context or, or in German. Well, I mean you will answer that in a moment, but in a moment, but I, I don't think there's any difference in that regard. Like context is always important in any language because it helps you understand words and messages that you wouldn't understand if it wasn't for the for the context. Right. And if, if you add images to the mix, like you were talking about, or the video, the anime video um, that you mentioned, or the fact that you had watched it before in with the English subtitles, so you knew what they were going to talk about. Yes, whatever context you can provide, it's it's always a good a good thing. And I always talk about the fact that if I'm teaching Spanish or English, whatever the language, to another person. And they don't know what the word singer means. But if I use, I don't know, Michael Jackson, Justin Bieber, whatever examples, you know, <laughs> within the context of a story conversation. So they don't really need to know the word. They're going to understand because of the context, right? And that's a silly, simple example, right? But that works for the language as whole. Well. Yeah, right. Um, I think you could argue that context um, for the language is slightly more important in, I can only speak for Japanese because sometimes they are written, the words are written differently, but um, to a non-native speaker, they sound the same, even though to um, Japanese pe people with pitch accent, they sound different, but mm. it takes a while to actually hear pitch accent. Um, and you have some words that are the same but we also have that in german so it's maybe just a nuance that german has less of these words that are written the same but um can can mean completely different things okay there is one word that i can think of in german that does this but i can already think of i think three words um that do this in in um japanese mm. so right. with japanese uh, you have uh I, I cannot do the pitch accent properly, so I'm probably going to say the words wrong, but kami and kami can mean paper and hair. And it's both um, in two, if you use Roman letters, it's both written the same. Um, oh. Or kumo meaning spider and kumo meaning cloud. Like you have two different words. In German, you also have this, but to my in my feeling, it's less. Um, you have umfan and umfan. There, I can do the accent properly, um, which means to run something over or to go around something. Okay. So you always need context. There will in yeah. each language there will be words like this. Yeah, yeah. I was just thinking about it with Spanish, even like there's words that I mean, you have one word with different meanings, and in Spanish we we even have some words with that sound exactly the same but they're written differently because one has a b 
and the other the V, right? Mm -hmm. And they, they mean completely different things. But yeah, you need the context, right? Because yeah. I'm thinking about, for example, the word for cow in Spanish is vaca. And you write it like B-A-C-A. -A. Mm -hmm. uh, excuse me. Yeah, like V-A-C-A, -A, cow. Mm -hmm. right? There's a word vaca with B, like A-B, B-A-C-A, -A, mm -hmm. which means... Uh, I don't know what to call that in English, but the thing you put on top of the car to, to carry the bicycles. Ah, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's a baka, baka, baka. There's no distinction there. If you, yeah, if, okay. if you hear it, right? But if, if you, I don't know, if you're getting milk, you're getting milk from, from a cow, not from the other thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> this is an example, right? So I don't know I, the English word either. I just know the German word, but... Yeah. <laughs> That's the thing with comprehensible input. I could now understand what vaca means in Spanish from your explanation without needing a translation. That's the comprehensible input. Even though you gave me the comprehensible input in English, it was comprehensible input. Yeah, yeah, but I wasn't trying to teach it. Otherwise, I could, I, I could have just placed a couple of pictures and you'd be fine. Right? Yeah. Or, or use them in the story. Yeah, like... Uh, If we're talking about a story in which there's a cow, you know, and imagine we're doing all this in Spanish, right? So I'm just going to put a picture of a cow and we're going to talk about the flying cow, whatever it is. <laughs> so it's going to be um, easier for you to remember it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I asked for that different alphabet. Thank you. Hmm. Mm, yeah, you need to, they are actually for kanji, there are different, um, you need to learn what the picture means. I, I don't know if you have this in Spanish, in German, I know that there are a lot of children's books that are, have like words and then have a picture in between. Um, so like, um, for example, um, Bruno geht nach Hause and then instead of house, which is house in oh. English, there is a picture of a house. And I think of kanji in the same way. It's just a picture meaning something. Okay. Um, so, and so, that's why they are like, a lot of people say kanji are scary to them. But to me, they're just like, like these children books, which have yeah. like words that the parent reads for the child. And then mm. the child is supposed to say what the picture is to mm. read with the parent the story. Nice. Um, so that's basically comprehensible input for for children. Mm. Um, and I think of kanji in the same way. They are just words that mean specific things, and you just have to um, remember it. For and sometimes they put it together. Um, for example, um, today in Japanese it has the combination of now and day. Mm. and now and day is today and you have to just and you have to and the day is a picture of a sun actually mm. yeah that's really interesting what you're talking about i i no i i, I i've never thought about those children books because because mm, first I, i thought you meant so you got the word and then a picture but you have the picture instead of the word right 
And those children books, yes. And they're for children at kindergarten age, I think. Um, they meant when the children already know the words, but they don't know how to read. And it's right. kind of like them getting eased into reading. Right, right, right. Um, not actually learning the words new, but the, engaging the child into reading for mm -hmm. that. It's for that, but also it um, helps them memorize the words. Right, right, right. Nice. That's interesting. Yeah. Uh, I'll think about how how we can use that. <laughs> for yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting. Nice. Okay, Francisco, would you recommend uh, to learn to speak Japanese first and then uh, write? Uh, and I'm, I'm referring to just comprehensible input. So I guess, yeah, to learn to, I mean, to listen to Japanese and then um, read, right? Mm, or how, how? I would say kind of. Um, I would say you have to get used to hearing Japanese first. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think completely starting with reading first, if you are from the other side of the globe, um, right. would be the first thing I would do. I would first try to get some sounds in because I feel like sounds are more engaging than just text. Mm -hmm. But I would not say waiting until I understand the sounds before I start learning how to read um, because I feel like also reading it um, helps you understand different sounds better if you understand what um, what uh, mm -hmm. things they use because for example i think also spanish has um has different ways of um using the vowels with the accents mm -hmm. so maybe they're pronounced differently and maybe have different sounds from english and with german also you have um the sharp s which is mm -hmm. looking kind of like uh, the greek beta <laughs> And you have ä, ö, and ü, which are sounds that the English language does not have. So in Japanese, it's the same. Um, you have some sounds that are not normal. And I feel like learning the system how to write, at least hiragana and katakana, maybe not kanji, hmm. helps learning these sounds um, better. Yeah, you know, all the languages are going to have different vowels or whatever it is that are pronounced differently. Yeah. That, that, that you don't have in your native language so is going to take you more time to, to get it right. But yeah, I'd say I focus on, on listening first and then, because once you've been listening for a while, you can even listen and read at the same time. So yes. the, the reading part is more comprehensible because you recognize the words, right? Exactly. So that, and then they go hand hand in hand. Right? Yeah. Awesome. Um, yeah, Michael. The thing, Alvaro, is yeah, right. What what um, utility would would learning Japanese have? Because with English, I I'm I'm, I'm warranty that I can communicate everywhere, right? Something like that. Yeah, of course, of course. I mean, if you look at language learning only from the practical perspective with English, you can communicate anywhere in the world. So that's good enough, 
right? But then, I don't know, I just, I personally, uh, I'll ask you in a moment, but I personally, I love the process of learning, first of all, but also, not just languages, but I'm super interested in other cultures, other countries, and so on. So learning a new language allows me to consume content in the target language, to learn more things about their culture, their countries, their geography. Their, um, yeah, and even, you know, as I'm, I'm never going to stop learning languages, but I'm, I'm obviously, my ultimate goal is to be able to communicate in the language, but I'm totally fine with, you know, some of the languages that I'm going to learn in the future, just being able to consume content in the different language. Even if I don't get to that point in which I can communicate fairly well, I'm fine with it because it already gives me access to different culture, different way of living, if you if if you if you will, right? Exactly. Um, I also think that um, learning a language gives you another perspective on the world. So, like, mm -hmm. you have a different the cu different cultures have like this different nuances of how they experience like society um and i think if, if you want to go to a country like actually immerse yourself and you only speak english then you will have a completely different um different experience in the country than if you speak the language that mm. the people there are speaking even if it's just like being able to talk to all the people mm. there because not not everyone on this planet speaks English. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of people speak English nowadays, but especially yeah. with the systems that are used in um, some countries to teach language, mm -hmm. um, if they don't have time to consume English outside of school, they may not be um, able to really speak the language. They mm -hmm. may understand written texts, but maybe not spoken English. So. I think it's still important, especially if we want to learn about culture and not just see the sites, not mo only monuments, but also people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of people think about it from a work perspective. And in that sense, if you learn English, it's going to open a lot of doors for you, right? Yeah. That's pretty much the only one you need. I mean, it's always nice to have more, but, but that's pretty much the only one you really need. Yeah. But... Yeah, and then I don't know. It's just the appreciation you feel from from other people as well. Like I I, I feel it here in Poland, right? Because again, here you can perfectly live here and don't and don't say a word in Polish. You can, and actually, there's a lot of foreigners who live that way. And that's fine, you know, there are a lot of that's fine, but <laughs> I, I wanted to. Because for, for different reasons, because, you know, it, it gives you access to a new culture, like you said, but just the appreciation I feel from native speakers when they see that I actually speak the language and not just English, because we could communicate in English, right? But Yeah, I I have not had the experience that um, I live in a different country and to actually feel the difference myself, but as a native speaker, and I've seen some people in Germany who does who do not speak um mm. who do not speak german and it's always it's also kind of like integration um into the country you, you live in like i feel like they're mm. living in a separate bubble right. in a small separate bubble if they don't speak or if they don't try to speak german you don't need to be fl completely fluent mm. 
Right. Um, you can actually live in German also without speaking German, but um, mm -hmm. but it feels like you're living in a small bubble then. Right, right. At least for a native speaker, it feels like they are living in their small bubble. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, first of all, I'm nowhere near fluent in Polish. <laughs> so but, but to your point, right? But I can communicate. And yeah, there are slight differences between countries. Like I said, because if you, for example, if you go to Spain, I think sooner or later you're going to have to learn the language because <laughs> yeah. it's just going to be too little a bubble. <laughs> if you're yeah. As opposed to maybe, I don't know, like here in Poland, like I said, you can have a bigger bubble, if you will. Right? Yeah. But it's still a bubble. <laughs> mm -hmm. Awesome. Okay, Reggie, greetings to everyone. Hey, Reggie, how you doing? Good to see you all. I have a question for the guest. What would your ideal comprehensible input for your target language look like if you conjure it from your imagination? Mm. Um, actually, that's why I started my channel. <laughs> because I sometimes felt like um, the native, there's content for the native language, uh, language native speakers was too hard for me but mm -hmm. then the content meant for children or um, beginners was too easy so I felt like I wanted to have an intermediate um, content that was not like there's native children content but that wasn't engaging enough for me yes. so I am into gaming so I like to watch gaming channels but watching gaming streamers in Japanese was also too hard so Right. Having comprehensible input in a in a way that was entertaining for me mm. um, did not feel too much like lessons or too much like children's content. Mm. Like, yeah, I feel like that's um, yeah. something perfectly entertaining, but also comprehensible and not too much like a lesson. Mm. I'm yeah, trying to make this because I can't make it for Japanese. I can't have it for me, but I can give it to other people. Mm hmm. Yeah, that's, I completely agree with that because it's actually, that's probably one of the things I'm, I'm most obsessed with, with when it comes to Spanish in my case and, and the content I consume as well in other languages too. When it comes to my language to create content in which it's engaging so people want to watch it regardless of the language. But I, I'm, I'm, I'm adjusting to... To their to their situation so it's comprehensible and that's where video games board games storytelling comes into place right yes that's always what i'm trying to think of like how can i create a story what type of game can we play so people watching it actually enjoy the content itself but it also helps them learn the language because like you said there's always that um, sort of in-between type of content that is lacking at times because you have like, the native content that is super engaging but not really comprehensible. Yes. Then the super easy content that is comprehensible but not super interesting. Just like I always talk about watching cartoons at the beginning. Yes. Comprehensible, but you can, you can just watch cartoons for so long, right? Yeah. <laughs> Until you get bored. <laughs> Anyway, another question from Reggie. What's your opinion of the reform method? Do you know it? 
I maybe I know it, but I don't know the name. I don't know. Um, like I've, I've I've checked it a little bit, Reggie, but I don't know in general. I, I haven't interacted with it to really know what it's about, but. I don't know what, what I've read about it. It just seemed like too much conscious knowledge for me. Again, I've talked about this a couple of times. Like I so didn't like the process of, you know, learning grammar and so on, that anything that re reminds me of the traditional classes in school, I really, you know, it's, I, I really shy away from it immediately. So, you know, I don't, I don't know if you may take something out of it, but whenever I'm consuming some content and trying or learning about some different method, new method, whatever it is, if I feel like there's too much conscious knowledge in it, like memorizing grammar rules and learning consciously in general, I don't like it personally. Yeah. But I, I can't really say anything about this specific thing because I haven't tried it, but I read what it was about and that's my take on it. Last question. <laughs> Have you looked into other comprehensive input creators? For example, Dream in Spanish. What's your opinion of their materials and what have you learned from them in making your own CI? Comprehensible input. Monday? Uh, it, it's a question for me, all right? Um, I have looked into some um, comprehensible input, um, not necessarily Spanish, but um, for Japanese. Um, and I've seen in Japanese a lot of, like, they prepare little lessons. And, like, it's comprehensible for me, but sometimes it's it feels a lot like a lesson mm. um, when they go through it. My mind might feel like a lesson too, but like I, I'm trying to get the game in to just have it feel less like a lesson with like someone teaching me something. Mm -hmm. um, there is actually a Korean creator for comprehensible input with gaming as well. He does mm. really similar things. He's a lot better than me because he is um, actually a Korean teacher. And... Right. Um, I actually saw it and was like, yeah, this concept works. So I'm doing it too. And there was another reason why I started um, thinking of like comprehensible input um, that was not from content creation. Mm. That was my little cousin started to speak. <laughs> and I was starting to teach like with comprehensible input. We always say like um, learning a language like a small child is learning. So I had a small child in my family. And when he was starting to learn German, I was just paying attention to how did I read him the book? Uh, how did I speak to him? And now I'm trying to use this um, as the main model to how I speak in my videos. Mm. Because that's exactly how I speak to my cousin. Right, right. Nice. That's nice. Yeah, yeah. I'm answering that question myself, I do all the time, but not just comprehensible input creators. Like I do, um, especially when I'm like I don't how to put it into words. Like for example, I'm always trying to discover new channels to get new ideas, but to you know uh, interview them for the channel as well. 
Um, but mainly the, the, the languages that I'm using, that I'm learning, excuse me, because at the beginning I use those resources if they're available. For example, with um, I interviewed one of the first episode, episodes I did, I interviewed a Russian teacher, my friend Ina, and I, I, I learned um, some ideas from her, like how to explain things and the way she makes it comprehensible, for example. But I do it all the time, all the time, but not just with comprehensible integrated, but any types of videos. So, for example, um, like like I said, I, I love geography, knowing about other cultures and so on in general. So I just I came across some videos in which they they talk about specific countries by giving clues, and you you the spectator or the, the the viewer have to guess the country, right? So I'm doing that with shorts right now. I know it's a short format, but you know people consume them a bit, so I I, I try to use them. Like I just give three, four clues about a country and people have to guess it in the end. But I use words that are comprehensible. Mm -hmm. So it's comprehensible input. Then I started getting into board games recently and I started thinking, hmm, so maybe I can use them for, for my content and for my classes as well. Like a real class of win students. And what else? I mean, I'm all the time, like any type of content I'm consuming, I'm thinking, you know, I, I don't even realize, but I'm thinking, mm, how can I use that for my classes or my videos all the time? Yeah. I've also noticed this with getting into content creation that you start watching YouTube differently. Yeah. And I've, I'm just starting to make that shift um, mm -hmm. to watch content from the perspective of how can I use it? Uh, I think it's right. just something that comes with content creation, this yeah. this lens. Yeah. But in this case, specifically, or especially with the languages that I'm learning, because I get I get to feel if it was comprehensible or not. So oh, don't, this might be a good idea because the way he or she communicated or the gestures he or she used or whatever it was, help me as the student understand what he or she was talking about. So it might be interesting to use that as well. Right. Things like that. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. I love Hebrew, Yiddish, Latino, etc. Why not? And oh, I learned for the love of languages. Sorry. Yeah, that's perfect, Adrian. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I do too. And Actually, and even when you start with a language, I always talk about it with with German. Actually, like when I started learning German like a couple of years ago, and it just like nothing bad about it, but it wasn't really a culture that I was super interested in a few years ago. It wasn't like English or French because it's closer to Spain. I don't know, you know, just neutral. You know, nothing, yeah. nothing, nothing bad. <laughs> no, but like some, sometimes you're just not interested in the yeah, culture. It's it nothing bad. Exactly. Maybe it comes with the time, maybe it doesn't. No, no, no. I was going to say it was just neutral, the culture in general mm -hmm. to me. But I started learning German. I started in, and it started to become, in, to become way more interesting. I started to become way more interested in, in German culture, in knowing about the different regions um recipes things i don't know like like a lot more and it, it, it's 
it happens to me with every single language. Yeah. yeah. It's also like you, you start wanting to actually learn about the culture and not only about the language. Exactly. But it's also sort of a gateway to, to the culture. So it works both <laughs> ways, what I mean. Yes. I, you're interested in the, in the culture, so you learn the language, but you learn the language. And then you learn more about the culture through learning the language. Exactly. Yeah. And what do you think about the IAT method that many people use to learn Japanese? Do you know this one? Uh, I don't know. Maybe Francisco can, can explain it a little bit. Um, I know uh, some methods of learning Japanese, but maybe I just know don't know the names. Mm -hmm. I, I I have no idea what it is. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, no ma maybe maybe he's watching and still right. watching and maybe can he can explain it. <laughs> you can explain what it is about Francisco just a little bit. That'd be awesome. Because I have no idea. <laughs> okay. So I love all languages, not only the most popular. Exactly. Yeah. Another question to the guest. What do you think the German language is the door to the other Germanic languages, for example, Yiddish? Mm -hmm. um, I think there are a lot of um, languages that have like similar stuff. Like, for example, recently I've heard... Um, someone speak in Swedish and then I found myself hearing like it's not like I can understand 100% but even if you're just sitting there and don't think you would understand anything and then you suddenly understand one word it mm -hmm. feels like hey like the, I know um, I don't know which words were more but um, I know Blume uh, has a similar word and Brot has a similar word and mm -hmm. it's just um maybe like for example swiss um german and austrian german are kind of different mm. from Ger from germany german um but so you have to learn a little bit um more to understand them but so right. there is the gateway yiddish yes um and probably also um for the area around, like more not if you go more to the north, uh, northern side, it's probably not going to help you understand the language completely. But if you have English and you have German, mm. then you can maybe understand ten percent already. But that's already a starting point. Yeah, probably. Yeah, it's yeah, it's gonna, it's always going to be more comprehensible. I, I, I've talked about it with Russian for me many times, like because of Polish. Russian, when I started with it two years ago, was mm -hmm. way more comprehensible than, in, than it would have been without me learning knowing Polish. Mm -hmm. And yeah, with I remember when I started with German, I could understand several things because of English. Yeah. Of course, it's still going to take time, but yeah, at the end of the day, if the languages are related, it's always going to help you. Like if you if you speak Spanish, Italian and Portuguese are going to be more comprehensible than they would be if you didn't speak. Yeah, Spanish. and same with the other way around. If you stay start with yeah. Italian, you have an easier time with Spanish, probably. Exactly. Even if you don't, if it, it's not like you can understand it at the same time. Mm -hmm. We have oh, Christine, super late. No worries, Christine. Always welcome. 
So we have Christine, in, um, she's from Barbados, but lives in Canada, so all over the world. <laughs> How are you doing, Christine? All good? Nice to see you here, as usual, and no worries. Whenever you can join, you're more than welcome, as you know, and the video stays in the channel, like I said, so. Okay. Uh, uh, uh. Oh, yeah, I think I, I, I jammed your question already, so I, I'm back to it. One more question. Have you ever tried Crash Talk? What's your opinion of it? Crash Talk being like uh, talking with one speaking in German, one speaking in Japanese, and you try to speak the language the other person speaks like that? No, no, like actually both people speak in the native language. So you're, you're, imagine you're, you're trying to learn Spanish, I'm trying to learn mm -hmm. German, so you're going to speak German all the time, I'm going to, I'm going to speak Spanish all the time. Mm. I've not tried that. In a comprehensible way, of course. Yeah, yeah I've not tried that. I have tried like meeting up with um, Japanese people and then we switched. Like at first I started to practice speaking Japanese and they spoke Japanese back to me in trying to be in a comprehensible way. And then we switched to German, like they started um, trying mm -hmm. to speak German and I tried to make comprehensible conversation back. Right. But that was not because I wanted to learn more more words with the um, with the method, but I wanted to actually learn speaking because if I only consume content, I'm not learning to speak. And I feel like you need speaking practice in the native language, uh, in the um, language you want to learn as well. And so it might work for um, trying to learn new words, but um, I've not used it as a way to learn new words. Yeah, the, the idea behind it is just like you talked about with Japanese, you can understand way more than you can speak, right? Yes. But this way, instead of half the time in Japanese, half in German, if, if you found someone from Japan who wants to learn German and you have a conversation for an hour, you speak German for the entire, the entire time and he or she speaks Japanese. So this way, you're getting comprehensible input in a real-life scenario, right? And you're going to understand because he or she is making the effort to make it comprehensible for you. But at the same time, especially at the beginning, I think it's extremely useful at the beginning when you're at a point in which you can already understand quite a lot, but you don't, you don't really speak the language yet. Because... Yeah. With this idea, you're not, you don't have the stress of having to communicate in a foreign language when you probably are not ready for it yet. Yeah. Obviously, but I also, if, if you're, yeah, sorry, like final thing, like if you're ready to communicate in a target language, awesome, right? But I think this, this is very interesting at the beginning because of it. Yeah. Um, but I also, like, if you have a lot of people who are willing to um, speak the language to you, um, then it's probably easier. For me, with Japanese, there are not that many Japanese people who want to learn German. Right. So right, maybe right. there are more if, if they want to learn English, but I'm technically, right. I, I don't feel like I'm good enough at English that I would teach someone English, mm -hmm. even if I'm better than someone else. So... I'm using these rare chances to try to communicate and getting practice in actually putting out words myself. Right. So 
yeah. I've not used it. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's it's always easier to find a partner where you're a native Spanish speaker like I am, and you're learning English, for example. That's you yeah. Know, you're not gonna have. Maybe to it's maybe it's have then it's valuable, but like I value each person I have to speak Japanese to. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but it's I've I've done it. I'm with pretty much all the languages that I speak, and it's it's really useful at the beginning when when you don't when you can't really communicate in the language yet, but your ability to understand is already quite decent because you get a lot of rich and interesting comprehensible input because it's a real life. It's a way to bridge the gap between consuming content and real life, right? Yeah without the pressure of having to communicate if you're not ready yet. That's that's the main idea. Okay. I have some recommendations for you. Speaking <laughs> <laughs> you of animes, recommend Hunter. Hunter Hunter and Your Lion April. If if you haven't watched it. Yeah. Yeah. I've I'm actually I actually want to watch Hunter Hunter at some point, so I probably will use that for comprehensible input, watching it without subtitles as the first time. The Lion April, I'm not sure exactly what it's about, but I've heard a lot of it. Like it's a really famous one. Okay, okay. Awesome. And when it comes to video games, don't you think that video games, even though they they work for language for learning languages? you need more time like uh, i mean you need to put put in more time as opposed to other resources like series or movies um i don't think mm -hmm. i i don't think you can learn it from just putting the video game into the language you want to learn um what i'm doing is not necessarily um, using, I mean, just using the video game as like a scenery. Like, I'm um, today. I'm putting out a video about unpacking, which is a game where you have a room and you unpack moving boxes. Mm. And basically, it would be like me going through my the room that I have behind me. And um, mm -hmm. I, for example. Um, Das ist eine Zimmerpflanze. Das ist eine Pflanze, ein kleiner Baum, der ist in einem Topf, in einem Zimmer. Deswegen nennt man den Zimmerpflanze. So that's how I use also games. Um, to, I use them as a canvas to explain words like, like mm -hmm. that. I don't think you can just learn a, a language completely through playing video games. Yeah. Yeah, the thing is, if you're if you're learning, if you want to learn a language by playing video games, if you understand the video games, your level is probably good enough to understand series and other things, right? Yes. <laughs> and, and then you can get more input quicker. Yeah, exactly. So it's it's just another so source of input when you're at a point in which you can already understand a lot of things. But if, if you're studying, you're not going to understand video games yourself. But if there's someone creating content like you're doing for a specific language with video games, but um, modifying the way you communicate so it's comprehensible and using and pointing of things, and that's that's where the power of comprehensible input comes in. 
right? So that's that's why I think that that is super useful that way. If you have someone who creates the content for you, I mean, for like content creators, because it's going to be more comprehensible and you're going to understand and it's going to be more fun than than watching cartoons and things like that. But for example, I, I do it myself. I, I actually not not play video games, but for example, I like storytelling in general, right? Stories mm-hmm. are one. So what I do is I watch um, people play like role games, role, like mm-hmm. board game, role games in the language that I'm learning because they, they tell stories, more of a storytelling type of game. Obviously, yeah. my level is good enough to understand it, right? If, if mm-hmm. I'm starting from scratch, that's not comprehensible. But things like that, like I've done it with Portuguese, for example, but I can understand native, I understand native Portuguese, right? Mm-hmm. So that's why I, I was that, that, kind of, that kind of stuff. But what, what we're talking about here, what you're doing in your channel is create video game content in a way that is comprehensible for people and it's more fun than other beginner things, right? Yes. Awesome. This in German are the door to Germanic languages and other Asiatic language, for example, Japanese, the door to the Asian languages. Um, yeah, we're, we're, we were talking about it before, right? Like, uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know if there's any, I guess he's asking about if there's a specific language that's going to help you, uh, for example, if, if you want to learn Latin-related languages, if French or Spanish is the one who's going to help you learn all the other ones, right? I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't know if there's a way to measure that. You know, like, for example, yeah. Japanese, Korean. If I learn this one first, it's going to help me with the rest. I don't know. It's it's gonna help you with the rest. I mean, yeah, with Latin related. If you want to learn French, if you speak Spanish, it's gonna help you. If you learn it, if you speak Italian, it's gonna help you. But I don't know if there's a way to tell which one is the best one to start with, so the other ones are even more comprehensible. Yeah, and same with Japanese. I don't think Japanese per se is the door to Asian languages. It's just my door to the Asian languages. If you want to start mm. with Chinese, you can then learn Japanese easier because you already know kanji. Well, it's uh, hanzi, right. I think, in uh, in Chinese. I'm not sure about the pronunciation, but it's called different. Um, right. And if you start with Korean, you maybe have an easier time with um, the Japanese language because you already know the grammar. But mm-hmm. like, I only know about these three, how these three could interact, but um, right. You can start anywhere. It's right. depending on how you, if you're yeah. interested in it. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes, honestly, for me, it's um, if there's content available online for like comprehensible input resources. For in this example, imagine I find a lot of comprehensible Mandarin channels. So I start with Chinese with Mandarin Chinese because there's more content available. Simply right. Um, and then once I learn Mandarin Chinese, I might feel like learning Japanese. Things yeah. like that, right? Sometimes it's serendipity, right? Or you're, in your case, you're, you started with anime because you love it. That got exactly. you 
the Japanese culture. So you thought, why not learn Japanese? And that might be the the gateway to Korean. You never know. For like, example, yeah. Well, yeah, and he asked me now about Polish, the daughter of the Slavic. Yeah, same thing. Like knowing Polish helped me with Russian. Like certain types of input um, were more comprehensible for me at the beginning because of Polish. So even, yeah, like simple things or because I could recognize words that are similar in both languages. So knowing one is going to help you with the rest. But I don't think there's a specific one in every language tree that's going to help you more than others. It's just you get into that family tree, you know, not family tree, into that um, language tree, sorry, uh, with whatever language you're interested in or whatever you come across or whatever you find there's more content about. And then you take it from there. That's the way. Exactly. Yeah. Perfect. Vale, Francisco, Ayad. Yeah, I believe that at least at the beginning it's about memorizing a lot of vocabulary through flashcards mm -hmm. and missing for hours and hours uh, in a passive way, even if you don't understand a lot. Mm. Uh, I prefer, I, I have not done this because it feels too much like school i hated flashcards i hated learning vocabulary so um it, fe it feels too much like school mm -hmm. and so i'm starting with i do start with hours and hours of input even if i don't understand it um but actually learning the language then comes with trying to actively finding ways to understand the language mm -hmm. Yeah, that's exactly what I thought about. That not, not a fan of that. Especially like I've talked about flashcards. Like flashcards to me, they just to me is a more efficient way to learn the language the wrong way. If that makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> like, because you have to consciously think about which word to use and exactly. don't um, use it unconsciously. Exactly. You translate the word. Perfect. That's if you it. use it like you put a picture on the other side instead of a uh, translation, you can kind of make it comprehensible for you if you like flashcards. Mm -hmm. If you're like me and you just cheat on your flashcards, it does not make sense. <laughs> right. Right, right, but yeah, but it's still an isolated way of learning things as opposed to listening to a story or watch exactly. something, read something in which you're gonna learn the, the words and the language as a whole subconsciously. Yeah by figuring out the context and things like that. Yes. Yeah. So personally, not a big fan of that idea. <laughs> and to remember Kanji, to use the book from James Heisig, mm -hmm. that learns to write Kanji through mnemotechnic mnemonics. Uh, yeah. advice on mnemonics, yeah. Yeah, I can kind of get the gist of what it is. Um, I have actually looked at the Heisig method. Um, it's basically, like I explained before, um, using pictures and putting pictures onto um, the things. And you kind of, uh, at some point, the, it's not a perfect picture of, a, um, of the object in the real world, but um, a composition of multiple pictures. And then you start making up stories to memorize um, mm. the symbol. And I do 
think it's a more comprehensible word, uh, way than how the Japanese right. children learn it, like brute forcing it. So I actually, I, I wouldn't own, only do it, but it's definitely better than just writing it a hundred times and trying to remember it means this yeah. and this. But yeah. actually, yeah. you use stories kind of to um, memorize how it's written. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean. Like, uh, so in a way that you build a story in which uh, the first the first uh, part of the story in which you, you're talking about a specific character links to the second one through through the story, if that makes sense, right? Or Kind of like, um, uh, I, I don't know if I can think of any example on the fly, um, but um, I think the, for, um, for um, an umbrella, the kanji looks kind of like an umbrella with multiple people under it. And like, you have to know what people looks like, and then you can kind of remember, ah, it looks like there's an umbrella with four people under it, uh, right. underneath it. Then you already maybe have, um, have uh, memorized mm. I, and I is in the word for tool and you build a story around it. Right. Um, because you already know the one symbol and have mm. memorized this one symbol and you use this instead of just this right. picture means this. Right. So right. I think it's really good. Yeah, I, I was thinking of 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 some methods to to remember not 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 just for language learning, but to remember words or things that they use something called the chain link, something like that, in which mm, 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 mm. to memorize. Yeah, similar to that. Yeah, ten words. For example, you create a story, a ridiculous one. You know, the the more bizarre, the yeah, the, yeah. So in your example of the umbrella, so you have aliens under the umbrella. I don't know, just making it up. Yeah. So it's it's more memorable and you're going to remember, right? Okay, what differences have what difference there are between the video games, cartoons, reading, listening, etc. What do you think is the most the fastest way to acquiring? Mm. You wanna well, go first or should I go first? <laughs> The, the word fast is scary, yes, to start with. <laughs> but, I mean, I'd say if it's comprehensible and you enjoy, and you enjoy it, that, that's probably the best resource. Yeah. I, I know it's sort of, a, you know, I'm not na narrowing it down, but I try to find things that I'm interested in and that are comprehensible for me. Obviously, it's easier once you get to an intermediate point, right? Because, for example, for me with Italian, Portuguese, French, I can consume any type of content. So I can, I'm interested in philosophy. So I, I'm, I'm, I look for YouTube channels in Portuguese that talk about philosophy. Mm -hmm. That way, I'm watching a 20, 30 minute video, video about philosophy, and it helps me get more input and learn about. Nietzsche, for example. Yeah. So that way, and that's the thing. That's the good thing about video games, for example. Back to the to the question that, for someone who enjoys video games, that's a super compelling resource because you're you're enjoying your time because you're actually you're probably doing that in your own native language already. Yeah. But it helps you learn the language at the same time. 
same with reading. If you, leave, if you read books that you're generally interested in, you're going to enjoy the process because you love the book itself, regardless of the language, but at the same time, it's helping you with the language. So that's, I would say, not the fastest way, but that's the, the most appropriate way for me because you sort of kill two birds with one stone, right? Because to me, especially in the, in maybe not so much in the short run, although for me it is as well, but especially in the long run, if you're not enjoying the process, it's not sustainable. Like there's no way. Yeah. So like, like, like we talked about, you know, I can watch cartoons, but I can only watch them for so long, right? Yeah. I also think with cartoons and video games, it depends on what you're more interested in. If you actually like watching cartoons, it's the better way. Video yeah. games, I have not seen that many channels using the method on YouTube yet. Mm -hmm. Maybe it will come in the future. Maybe it will get more popular and then we get more content creators doing um, um, comprehensible input with video games. Um, then you can learn more languages with it. Right mm -hmm. now, I only know of my channel and the Korean channel, but there might be more that I don't know of. Mm -hmm. uh, and with reading and listening, I actually think you need to listen to learn how to listen and you need to read to learn how to read. I don't think you can learn reading through listening and I don't think you can learn listening through reading. So you need both at one time. If you only want to be able to listen to the language and you don't want to be able to read, you don't need to read. But um, yeah. yeah, that's separate skill sets and you need both. And it's not faster if you start with one or the other. Yeah, I don't think there's there's no faster uh, resource. It's just whatever you're more interested in, because you're gonna you're gonna be compelled to watch even more of it. So instead of exactly. getting half an hour comprehensible input, you're gonna get two because you love it, right? Yeah, exactly. So you're you're still you're still gonna need the time <laughs> to put in the time, yeah. but you're more willing to put it to put in two hours a day as opposed to half an hour because you you love it. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Um, have you achieved a native like accent in Japanese? Can you get there? <laughs> mm, I have been told that um, when I spoke to my uh, family member who's from the Kansai region, that I have a Kansai dialect when speaking Japanese. And I'm not sure if it is because the anime characters spoke. Kansai dialect, or if uh, German influence on the words um, makes it sound like Kansai dialect, but right. I don't think you need to get there. Even if I have a German accent on uh, Japanese, if the people understand me and they mm -hmm. feel like I put in the effort, that's the most important thing. You probably, I probably, if I put in more time to perfect my English accent, I can probably imitate some other accent, but I don't need to do that because right. I'm my own person. Mm -hmm. I don't need to have an accent, an English accent, if I speak uh, English. Yeah. yeah, I feel like accents, as long as you make yourself understood, are not such an important part of speaking a language. Obviously, I, I personally, I want to speak the most, how to put it into words, the closest to, to a native speaker as I can, if possible. Yeah. But I'm not gonna get obsessed with it. Like if and and uh, back to your point, I believe accent comes from 
from listening because that's yeah. that's the, that's the action you've been exposed to. This it's not a coincidence that uh, I'm gonna you know people who go to England to learn English learn British accent. Mm. Meanwhile, when people go to the United States, they learn the American accent. Yeah. I learned English most of it by watching the NBA, the American Basketball League. So I believe my accent is more American than British or Australian, right? But I feel mine is a mix of everything I've consumed. <laughs> exactly, and that's totally fine. It sounds wonderful. You you can perfectly communicate, talk about any topic that you want to talk about. Yeah. And, yeah. So it's exactly what why I decided to stop learning language learning English in school because I was at the point where I could understand and make myself understood in English. So I felt like mm -hmm. I don't need to uh, use my flashcards anymore. Right. Yeah. And you tend to relax more as well. And then yeah. the overall process of learning the language. And ironically, the more you relax and just focus on enjoying the process, the better your 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 language is going to be and even your accent. So that's it's I don't really think it's ironic, but it's just natural. Yeah. I mean, ironically, because you're not actually paying attention to it, right? Yeah. That's what I meant. <laughs> yeah. Our, our pleasure, Adrian. That's why we're here. <laughs> <laughs> but in Japanese, the accent is very important. Well. Ah, you're talking about pitch accent. Ah, mm, that's like with German, you also. Um, put um an kind of like more force into one syllable than like another mm -hmm. um so yeah you, but like it's not important to actually consciously learn it i think yeah. if it's not like a word like i mentioned before that's technically the same but like only the accent is different then you may maybe have to ex actually learn this one but um with the other words it's just mimicking what you hear and you will subconsciously pick it up. So, and I same see. with German. Um, I say Blume, not Blume. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know if you can hear the difference, but like you will pick it up subconsciously. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's with every, even with English, you just have, you say playboard, not playboard. Like, yeah. Yeah, exactly. You pick it up subconsciously. Like, if because you you said it right the first time, I understood you were talking about flowers, right? Yeah. But if uh, if you've used the, the 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 second pronunciation first, I wouldn't have understood it probably. But yeah. the thing is, the most important thing is what you said that you pick it up, and uh, when you communicate, you're gonna communicate the way you've been listening to it you know, when the time comes. <laughs> it yeah. doesn't mean that it's going to happen overnight, of course. But as long as it's comprehensible, yeah. Okay. So I think there's no more questions for now. So I can, I think we can stop here. And of course, you know, it's like Monday's channel is on the, on the title, but I leave, I leave the link on the description box. If you're interested in German, check check her channel because you've you've been using Minecraft and what's the other game? 
I've been using Hidden Forks and Minecraft now, and I'm starting today with unpacking. Mm. Um, Hidden Forks is a like a search picture game, and Minecraft. Most people are familiar with Minecraft, mm -hmm. and unpacking. Like I said, you unpack stuff in a room, so you have a lot of objects that are that a lot of people have in their rooms. So I'm excited for this game as well. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah, and then for, for content creators, you're even, you enjoy those videos, creating them, right? So that's... Yeah, I create, I love, I love to play games. So okay. that's also like combining everything I'm, I'm passionate about. That's the idea. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, go, go check it out. Cause I, I mean, that's, that's why I found you, right? And I loved it. I loved it. And yeah, it was, I mean, obviously it was, easier i mean i could understand everything because i've been learning german for a while like i said yeah but i think it's i think it's comprehensible for i don't know if, if you're starting from scratch but if you're a beginner it's comprehensible right yeah i'm trying to get better <laughs> i'm just starting out learning how to do comprehensible input i'm not sure. a language teacher so um yeah um i'm i think it takes some time to get mm -hmm. perfect trying to find the right sweet spot where mm. it is for yeah. non-native speakers yeah and you're gonna get feedback from people so you know like i said for yeah. me it was perfectly comprehensible but i've been learning German for a while but yeah that's you put up things and you put up things and you get feedback you get better and yeah and everyone benefits from it <laughs> perfect is it true that the Japanese accent is very similar to the Spanish accent? As this I didn't know that. <laughs> no idea, Adrian. Never heard of it. <laughs> mm. You mean that, like, in Spanish, like, we pronounce things the way they're written? Is that what you mean? Like, for example, in English, you may have similar words that you don't really know how to pronounce them because it changes or in French, mm -hmm. but in, in Spanish is pretty phonetic. I think is the word that the way it's written, mm -hmm. the way you read it, the way you pronounce it. I don't know if that's what he's referring to. Well, if he's referring to that, then yes, kind of. There is sometimes like if the letter is between other word, other consonants, then sometimes the vowel is silent, but, um, so yeah, um, but it's something you pick up subconsciously. Yes. Sounds similar. I don't know about Spanish, so. Right, right. But, um, the actual sounds are similar. Okay, I I'll check it out because I haven't been exposed to a lot of Japanese, to be honest. So I don't really know. Could be. Yeah. Could be Adrian and Reggie. Yeah, I I'll I'll take a look at some Japanese channels. See if. Yeah, it's. I think it's the same thing with okay. So the R sound is a thrill. Thrill. Yeah, it's I think a funny one is with, with Greek, for example. Mm -hmm. Like if for us Spaniards, it, it ha it's it's happened to me several times that you if you if you listen to to Greek on the street, you may think it's Spanish, but the moment you get there you don't understand anything. <laughs> but mm. you know, the the rhythm and the I don't know, the way it sounds, it sounds like Spanish, the pace mm -hmm. and so on, but it, it's not, <laughs> it's not comprehensible, right? So 
it might have things like that. I don't know. It might have, but to me, Spanish and Japanese do sound a lot different. Yeah. <laughs> Probably things like what Bridget's talking about, like the R sound or things like that. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, Madi. And yeah, I'll see you next Monday. Monday. <laughs> I'll see you next Monday and yeah, I'll see if I have a new guest or it will be a solo episode. <laughs> and yeah, because actually I, I interviewed a Spanish, a Spanish friend who lives in France last week, but she's also going to talk about her experience learning Chinese in Beijing. Mm. And it's it's in Spanish, <laughs> but I, I, I add subtitles in in all, all these um, live streamings. Yeah, like English to Spanish, Spanish to English. In case you're interested, because mm -hmm. she's gonna talk about her experience with that. So I, I might we might have Anna again next Monday, or I, I'm not sure. Yeah, perfect. Thank you, Reggie, Monday, and Alvaro for your answer. No problem. And yeah, Francisco says, yes, I've always heard that the Spanish and Japanese accents are similar and that an um, English-speaking person, oh, that it takes more time for an English-speaking person to learn Japanese than a Spanish-speaking person. Okay. I, I have never heard of that before, so I can't really talk about it. <laughs> but I'll check it out. I'll check some Japanese content. See if I find find some similarities between languages. But anyway, so yeah, like I said, it's been a pleasure, Monday. Thank you. It's been a pleasure to be here. Provided a lot Thanks. of super interesting insights. And yeah, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> Thank you again for inviting me, even though I've just started. So I'm really grateful for that. And yeah. My pleasure. I'm always looking for new projects and projects that I feel like are doing it the right way or that really help viewers learn the language. And if it's a fun way, like video games, it's even better, right? Awesome. And yeah, Adrian says, yeah, this live streaming is very beautiful, interesting to me, really Really glad to hear that, Adrian. Yeah. Okay. So, oh. Thanks for thanks um, thanks for to the guest for um, providing so much for me and for everyone. Yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> Awesome. So, yeah. So, yeah. Thank you, Monday again. Thank you, everyone who's been here today. Thanks to everyone who's commented or asked any questions. And for people who've been here but haven't asked anything, you're more than welcome again. And, you know, Francisco, Adrian, Maddie, Reggie, uh, was Christine. Marco, yeah, everyone, thank you so much for your participation, as usual. I really appreciate it. And I'll see you next Monday with with um, new guests or 
with Anna, I, I'm not sure yet. Have to decide it. So thank you, everyone. Have a good week. And I'll see you soon. Thank you, Monday, again. Welcome. Bye-bye.